This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, this is Alex, or as we call him here in the basement, self-identified listener number three. <laughs> and what's funny is, when I'm not stacking Benjamins, I'm usually counting gold in my Los Angeles bunker, maybe buying a new van for the missus. Sometimes I call my significant other and tell them to stop tracking the time it takes to manage our rental empire, such as in 15-minute increments, so that I can jet set from Hawaii to the middle U.S. on a budget airliner to get one hell of a deal on a new car to drive back to Vegas just in time to tell my best friend about the trip to Vietnam that my family and I went on. Did I mention I went to Vietnam? <laughs> what? Doug, Doug, get out of here. You're ruining the intro. Gotta go. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's the Friday before one of the bestest holidays ever. That's right, Father's Day. To celebrate, please welcome our special guest, Stacking Benjamin's listener, Vishana Lovelace. Also on the roundtable from the Afford Anything podcast and blog, Paula Pant. And the author of Control Your Cash, Greg McFarlane. And in our Friday FinTech segment, Need to transfer currencies? We're talking hidden fees and more headaches with the VP of Engineering from TransferWise, Harsh Sinha. And now, join me in welcoming a guy who celebrates Father's Day every day, Joe Saul Sihai. Quattro. That's the number of reasons you want to listen to today's show. And they're all three of our guests, well, plus our Friday FinTech guest. Hey, everybody. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a show we've got for you today, because I love it when listeners come on the show. And uh, I think Vishana Lovelace is going to be fantastic radio. And I can't wait to hear how we mix it up 
with somebody who is a fan of the show and reached out and I said, heck yeah, let's get you on the show. And you know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited about the fact that you are about to head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. You know why you're going to go there? It's because you're sick of just looking at your bank for those same old products that you use all the time. You know, the same checking account, the same savings account, the same debt strategy products like 0% balance transfer cards or low interest auto loans, whatever it might be, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money is the place to go because you can shop from a ton of different places. And something I like to do on Friday, I like to head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Let's check out uh, savings account rates here. You might be able to hear me clicking. Boom, boom. And here they are. Uh, looks like uh, oh, we're holding at uh, 1.3. Isn't that where we were when we looked last time? Two at 1.3, Dollar Savings Direct and Bank Purely. I don't remember Bank Purely being one of the two. Both of them have a minimum balance of $1. Both of them get an A on their fine print score, very transparent. 1.3, then American Airlines Credit Union at 1.25. Salem 5 Direct, I think they were one of the top ones last time. They get a B on their fine print score, and you have to have at least 100 bucks to do that one. See how easy that is? StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And that's just only one of the areas they cover. Whatever you're trying to do financially, I'd look to magnify money for the best tools because you save 450 bucks when you do that. Fantastic show. Great roundtable today. Heck of a way to kick off your Father's Day weekend. Let's do this. And let's walk across the basement here to my dad's shortwave, fire this baby up for another exciting week. And I can't wait because we've got a very special guest, but we're going to make you wait for that. Let's go first to the desert where I think we've got Paula Pant from Afford Anything on the line. Paula, are you with us? Yes, I am the unspecial guest that you don't have to wait for. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute, what does that make me? Uh, hey, don't worry, kids, I'm here all week. I know, really, but you apparently just got back from Hawaii. I did, yes. First, I went to San Francisco, and then I went to Hawaii. And so, you know, Hawaii and Vegas are kind of the opposite of each other. Like, one is lush and beautiful, and then the other is the stark desert. They're, and they're both gorgeous, but I totally see why people want to split their time between the Vegas desert and the Hawaiian tropics. You are it so, makes perfect sense to me. You are so good, Paula Pan, at the setup, because I think across town from you, we have uh, the author of Control Your Cash, Mr. Greg McFarland. Maybe one day Paula can go to Maui, the good island. Ooh. <laughs> or I could go to Kauai, where it's wild and remote. That's fight Kauai actually is, is beautiful. Rainy, but beautiful. Well, what's happening with you, Mr. McFarland? We haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. That's because I'm uh, five weeks out from a knee replacement. So I can, I'm, I'm finally at the point where I can sit on a cushion and, and do the show. We're just taking them off the DL. That's good. That's <laughs> fantastic. Well, glad that you're back. And guess what? We have a special guest of the show and somebody who we hang out with in our green room area. She's believe it or not, Trent Ham declined our request as if we asked Trent Ham. No, from Columbia, South Carolina, we have Vashana Lovelace on with us. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about Vashana. Okay, well, you've seen my picture, right? I have. Vashana is an old retired lady. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> no, I am retired, though. I did uh, 20 years in the Army and I retired last August. So now I am 
living off retirement pay and loving life. And I am a full-time graduate student at the University of South Carolina. I'm actually studying international hospitality management and tourism. And my goal after I graduate is to move to Nashville and go work for Dave Ramsey. Oh, no. That's great. That's that, that's fantastic. You're going to go work for the evil empire, huh? No, I shouldn't say that. Did I say yes, that? Yes, I want to be on his live events team. That's a great goal. Well, thank you for your service, and we're so glad that you're here with us this week. How did you find the show originally? Originally, I found the show by listening to the Money Guys podcast. Oh, those guys are crazy. Yes, I love Brian and Bo, and I'm going to uh, Nashville next week, so I'm hoping to get to meet them while I'm there. That's awesome. we got to have them back on, too. But thanks for joining us. Let's get started, guys, because we've got three fantastic pieces to talk about. First one's a blog called uh, stewardandslave.com, written by a gentleman named Kyle. Paula, it seems that uh, we're going to talk first about learning to be an adult with your money. Yeah, so Kyle tells the story in this article about how uh, he discovered that his wife, Rachel, had a lot of debt, and he also had a lot of debt, and he struggled with it for a while because... uh, there was a part of him that thought, well, shouldn't this be our separate problems? And and then he realized that becoming an adult meant that they would have to fuse together and tackle this as a joint unit. Essentially, that's the TLDR of the story. Yeah, I want to start actually even before that, where he's uh, in his mom's basement like we are. <laughs> and, 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 and he started a podcast. He did not. He was way smarter than that. But it's funny, Vashana, the first thing he thought was that he had to get his credit together to be an adult. Is that Was that your definition of adulthood was to get your credit together? You know, it really wasn't. And it's weird because I used to think that borrowing money was crazy. Because like if my younger brother borrowed money from me, I was a loan shark. He had to pay for that money. And I was, I was charging him 50% interest. And so that was my idea of borrowing money. And so since that was my idea... I thought borrowing money was crazy. Now, on the other hand, I did kind of go out with no job because I was a brand new college graduate, you know, and I went and bought a brand new car with no job, no money and nothing. So, yeah, that didn't turn out too well. (laughs) Uh, Greg, is the lesson of this thing, don't let Vashana loan you money at 50% interest? Well, looking at Vashana's picture, she must have joined the army when she was 13 if she retired after 20 years. So, yeah, so yeah, I'm sure they made her grow up pretty quickly regardless of her credit rating. By the way, so I was researching Vashana because I like to be prepared when I come in and about my uh, fellow panelists. And as best I can tell, you're the only Vashana on the planet or at least the only one who spells it that way. I am. There is, you know what, there is one more because uh, I met a young lady and her name was Visha. And she loved my name, and she asked me if she could name her daughter my name. And so I gave her permission, but she did spell it differently. Now, you really are one of a kind. Well, I was going to say, Greg, knowing Vashana here for just a couple of minutes, she probably charged like a royalty fee. Did you charge a royalty <laughs> fee? <laughs> Actually, you know what I told her is I told her she had to give me yearly updates <laughs> on her uh, on her progress and how she was doing in life. That's a tough fee. But it seems like, Greg, getting back to the piece— I think there's a lot of kids that get out of school and the first thing they think is what Kyle here thought, which is I need to get my credit together. And is that the first thing you need out of college? I think a lot of kids don't give it a second thought. So uh, kudos to him for at least paying attention to it. Now, he is talking about when he was 18. I don't think you can expect financial sophistication at 18 any more than you can expect competence in any other area at that age, maybe sports or music, but that's about it. But he mentions how one wayward credit card purchase 
sent him down this dark path. And it's funny, probably the single worst financial decision I ever made was pretty similar. When I was a kid, well, a kid, I mean like 21, I rented a car with my first ever credit card. You can do that in Canada from a little independent place that charged less than Hertz or Avis. So I thought I was coming out ahead. I returned the car in what I thought was perfect condition, but they charged me $700 to fix the windshield. And I'm almost certain they scam me, but I didn't think to fight them on it. And I never thought to have them visually inspect it and sign a document. And at the time, $700 might as well have been a billion. It took me forever to pay it off. In Kyle's case, that doesn't explain his initial, I think it was a $400 purchase. He ends up $80,000 in the hole. Again, at least he's conscious. He realizes that that 80000 has an enormous interest rate attached to it. However... If you are going to be an adult, I can't imagine doing like he did and just assuming that the GI Bill is going to take care of $40,000 in culinary school tuition without confirming it first. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's tough. Yeah. And that whole GI Bill thing, that that was a little odd because I was an Army recruiter. The Army does pay for your uh, your education. If you have like student loans, they'll pay the student loans back. I don't remember any requirement, though that it had to be a federal student loan and not a private student loan. But even, even with that, I always advised against taking that because the way that they pay those student loan repayments out is they only pay once a year. So you have to do a year and then they'll pay a certain amount towards it that year. Oh. And then you do another year and they pay a certain amount towards it that year. I always say find the job that has the big bonus and take the bonus and pay the student loans off right away yourself. To get out of the system, Paula, when we look at this uh, big amount of money that they have and they're thinking about putting the, the money together, paying it down, what do you think about uh, Kyle's strategy? Well, I didn't really see a strategy written in here. I saw his thinking process when it came to him emotionally coping with the reality of his loans. But I, uh, unless I miss something, I don't feel like I, I saw an actual repayment strategy. No, I guess he calls it manning up. I'm sorry. I should have been more specific. Oh, what do I think about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, fundamentally, he's writing about if two people get married, are the debts that they have incurred, I assume that they incurred these debts prior to their marriage, are those debts theirs to each individually pay off or are those debts theirs to pay off together? There's no right or wrong answer to that. That's just what the couple agrees to do. So manning up, I think, is a judgy way of saying it yeah. because there's the implication that every couple should proceed uh, as a joint unit. And, you know, you, you, you do you like you do the thing that works for y'all's relationship and, and leave everybody else alone. So, Craig, you agree with that? Uh, just what works for your couple is the way to go? No. But on the other hand, I do agree that I thought it was good that he recognized his mistakes as mistakes. He didn't try to justify he, he didn't try to rationalize. Most people never do that. They think of credit card debt or student loan debt as an inevitable fact of life, something that's going to be tied around their necks for the next few decades, like a mortgage, and there's nothing they can do about it except chip away as slowly as possible. And Kyle does understand, this is a recurring theme in the book, Control Your Cash, Making Money Makes Sense, available at Amazon.com, that it's better to eliminate debt via the sharp pain of going without for a couple of years rather than the dull, endless pain of missed opportunities that you won't even know about over a lifetime. Yeah, very, very living consciously. I'm straight. Yeah, very. Yeah, and, and I'm not married, but that whole, if you're going to be married, be married. It's a joint union. 
you know, and two piles of money make one big old huge pile of money. Not, you know, you go over there and do your thing or you go over there and do your thing. I'm like, if you wanted to do that, your business partners or roommates, you're not a married couple. I don't know, man. I actually tend Vishana to side with Paula on this one. I think it's couple by couple. I think there's too many. I mean, th- th- this is the same argument people have about one checkbook, right? I think it's tough to lay the blanket over over everybody. And by the way, this piece at the bottom has a lot of uh, religious stuff. So, but let's move on to our, let's move on to, and not that there's anything good or bad about that. I just want to warn people before they come on, because we don't usually talk about religious stuff on this show. It kind of surprised me because you're reading the article and like you're, you're going down, you're going down, you're through the story. And then like almost at the end, boom, you get a bunch of scripture. And I'm like, whoa, where did this? come from yeah i do like the fact that he has a compass right that there's this compass that he's using to guide himself paula yeah i mean again you you do you this this is how he found his answer so let's seems to be working for him yeah let's move on to our second piece which is a crazy one here's an unexpected way to get rid of debt this according to cbs money watch pick up and move this is uh, by Liz Weston. And it seems, Greg, that what you got to do to pay off your debt is what these people did. This first guy moved to Alaska where he had a cold foot Alaska where he had no opportunities to buy anything. And that's the key to paying off your debt. First of all, I want to warn everybody that this piece is completely 100% secular. Not saying it's good or bad. <laughs> I want you to know that going into it. <laughs> We often do secular on the show, so people should be comfortable with that. I I love this piece. First of all, I envy this guy. If I had thought about it in my 20s, I would have killed to have worked as a park ranger at not just any national park, but Gates of the Arctic, which, by the way, is the least visited national park in the system. There are no roads in. You have to hike or fly. It averages something like 40 visitors a month. And this guy saw that X on a map and said, opportunity lies there. Doing something extreme like this is a brilliant way to get out from under debt. There are people, in fact, the vast majority of people think that carpooling and eating off-brand mac and cheese (laughs) is the ticket to reducing their debt piles. Doing something over the top, like moving to Alaska and living in a trailer while socking away a nice hourly wage that you couldn't make in the lower 48 is smarter in that, once again, he is concentrating that necessary pain that he has to endure into as short a period as possible. Vashana, Greg, you- did you happen to know the statistics for Gates of the Arctic National Park just off the top of your head? There are 59 national parks in the system. There were 58, and then they added pinnacles in California last year. I've been to 35 of them. I've crossed two of the uh, Alaska national parks off the list, uh, Kenai Fjords and Denali, and I wanted to go up to Gates of the Arctic. I might have to save it for last because it is so freaking hard to get to. Wow. Paula, you want to double down on that call out? I, whoa, dude. I love <laughs> national parks, but Greg, Greg's got me beat. I think we have a winner. Yeah, uh, I, I might even have to go to that swamp in South Carolina that they call a national park, Congaree. Hey, wait a minute now. Watch yourself. <laughs> That's <laughs> Actually, not on the list I, yet. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm, I'm from Virginia. I don't have any loyalties to South Carolina. <laughs> well, Vashana, let's go to you. Do you move to Alaska to pay off your debt? I actually did move to Alaska and paid off a whole bunch of debt. And this is actually, I love this article because I've done it and I totally agree with it. Like, okay, so I joined the army because, you know, I bought that car that I couldn't afford and people had bailed me out when I wasn't making payments. And I figured, I okay, you got to do something, you know, because working in radio is not paying you. So I joined the army. I figured I'm going to live in the barracks. They're going to feed me for free. I'm going to get paid to actually get work experience. 
So it was a perfect move. So I ended up paying off all my debt within like my first year of being in the army. And then, um, of course, because I was young and dumb, I accumulated debt again. So at one point, I actually moved to Alaska and volunteered to be a recruiter because I was going to get extra pay for living in, in Alaska. Plus, I was going to get extra pay for being a recruiter. Wow. Um, and so I was paying off debt. But then during that year, I also got deployed to excuse me, during that time period, I also got deployed to Iraq. So I paid all my debt off while I was in Iraq in 2007. And then I stayed out of debt after that. So how far in debt were you? I probably was around, okay, so credit card debt was probably around 25000 and then I had two car loans. Wow. So, I mean, I just, I buckled down. I mean, every time that I went out, every time that I worked towards getting out of debt, I basically lived off of, I think it was $75, so $150 a month. That's That was my play money, was $150 a month, and really, I wasn't even spending that. Are there any of these that you guys wouldn't do? Let me go over the other two families here. Uh, Aja McClanahan, who I had an opportunity to meet, she and her husband, Kelvin, they moved to uh, one of Chicago's, uh, according to the article, most dangerous neighborhoods, Inglewood. It says, quote, if you look at the statistics, Inglewood was at the top, extreme poverty, urban blight, homicides, teen pregnancy, tuberculosis, all of it, uh, said Aja. And then down at the bottom, uh, Frank and Lisette Thomas moved first to the Czech Republic and then to Thailand. Uh, Paula, any of those, if you were in debt, that you wouldn't do? I would do them all. Now, I, I'll give the caveat that I don't know. Uh, people have different degrees of what they consider to be a bad neighborhood. So I would need to see Inglewood, Chicago specifically before I can make a decision on that particular neighborhood. But I have definitely lived in some very, very, very shady neighborhoods. And I've also spent a lot of time outside of the country in places where you can live for $300 a month. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, I'm 100% in support of this. In fact, I would not just do this to pay off debt. I would do this if I just freaking wanted to save a bunch of money. Like if I wanted to go extreme into savings so that I could put more money into investments, I would totally move to Thailand and pay $300 a month in rent for a year and live incredibly frugally just to build up savings. So this isn't only for people with debt. This is for anybody who wants to level up. Greg, you on that train too? Aja and her husband, their story blew my mind. I mean, this is a nice, respectable looking, educated couple who look like they have options and they decide, okay, nightly gunfire, that's a trade-off. We'll take it if, if we can save money. And hey, if it, again, like Paula said, your comfort level, if this enables you to live in a house you otherwise couldn't afford and uh, you can, I think they're raising a couple kids while doing it, good for you. Personally, I mean, if my primary objective was to stretch my housing dollar as far as possible, I would have gotten out of Chicago altogether and moved to Wyoming or something. But again, to each their own. Yeah. Fashana, how about you? Yeah, no, I'm not about that life. I've been to Afghanistan and I've been to Iraq, but you will not see me in Chicago. Really? <laughs> Afghanistan and Iraq, I was armed. Even, was even the nice parts? heavily. <laughs> I, I could walk around with a with an M16, and if somebody looked like they were coming my way, I could lock and load. You can't do that in Chicago; it's illegal. So, no, I'm not moving to Chicago now. Czech Republic, Croatia, I'm all about it, but Chicago, mm -mm, no, I'll find another way. Not even like Michigan Avenue. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Wow. You know, and I've gone and I've visited Chicago, so I recognize that Chicago has really nice areas. But no, uh, uh I'm not doing Chicago, Detroit either. Oh man, 
What is hey, I, I'm sitting. I, I'm, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> I'm sheltered. You, 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 I you own know, that. You know, you know where Joe's from, right? <laughs> I know he's from Michigan. Yeah, I'm from Detroit. Holy cow! You, oh, you're right not from here. Ann Arbor? No. Oh, thanks. Nice. <laughs> oh, she's pouring salt on the wound now. Yeah, that is. Joe, you so always bad. struck me as a Mackinac Island kind of a person. Oh, I love Mackinac. Mm, I love Mackinac. Have you been to Mackinac Island? Yes, I have. It's oh. it's unpleasantly pleasant. It is so incredible. I, I just, let's go right now. We'll do the show live from there. Let's go. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I think we're going to leave it there before I have to jump across my dad's shortwave and pick a fight with Vashana for going after Detroit. <laughs> the heck is what, that what about Atlanta, Vashana? Would you, uh, would you live in Atlanta? You know, I, I, no. And only be, and not because I'm not because, you know, I'm fearful for my life in moving to Atlanta. Atlanta I mean, I have friends in Atlanta. I go to Atlanta on a regular basis. But I don't. I don't have any interest in living in Atlanta. Atlanta's just a little too country for me. Mm. Okay, Greg, you got any other cities you want to ask Vishana about? Yeah, I don't know. She's single and she likes guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to Nashville, so Nashville is is that's that's going to be my spot. So <laughs> nice. Oh, got to take a quick break from talking to Paula, Greg, and Vishana to say a big thanks to everybody who's gone to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. You know, you should be thanking me because you comparison shop everything, don't you? But you don't comparison shop the things that really matter. Like those financial products. Hello. If you use better financial products, you'd save a ton of money that you could use on other things. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money is the place to go. Give you an example here. I love going to uh, magnify money. This time, let's toggle over to balance transfers. And let's say that I'm trying to put my financial house in order. So I want to get my interest rate down. I'll say that it asks what my credit score is. Let's say it's good between 680 and 749. Let's say I've got $10,000 of debt and I want to try to transfer the balance. And uh, my monthly payments, let's say, are 350 bucks. I don't know. And I'll update the results. And boom, it tells me that over the life of the balance promotional period, if I go with a Visa Platinum credit card from ASI Federal Credit Union, of course, there's a big star there that says that I have to figure out if I can belong to that credit union. I get a transfer fee of zero. The transfer duration is the life of the balance. How about that? And the promotional rate is 4.99%. The uh, fine print is a B on a scale of A to F. But I go down to the next one, Sphere credit card from Santander, and it's, uh, once again, a little complex, 24 months. There's a 4% transfer fee, and this is 0% rate. See how easy that was? I can compare all the different ways to do these things. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. That's why we asked Nick and Magnify Money. Nick is uh, Nick Clements. I always assume everybody knows who Nick is from Magnify Money if they'd sponsor our show, because I absolutely dig this site. All right. When I first heard about TransferWise, I knew that this is a niche thing, but there are a lot of people listening to the show that have to transfer money overseas. And we have had so many people tell us that they end up getting hidden cost after hidden cost after hidden cost. So I really like what TransferWise does. We're going to talk about some of those pitfalls when you're transferring money between currencies. So let's say hello to Harsh Sinha from TransferWise. And Harsh Sinha joins me in the basement. Welcome, man. 
Hi, Joe. How's it going? Well, it's great now that you're here because I've always thought that if I'm transferring money international, that a transfer is a transfer is a transfer. And apparently all transfers aren't created equal. Yeah, that's very true, Joe. So all transfers are not created equal. In fact, uh, a lot of people basically when they want to move money abroad, they tend to go to their bank or use some other money moving services like Western Union or MoneyGram. But in general, what happens is that when you try to move money across borders, you are charged a lot of different kinds of fees. The fees are hidden in different ways. One of the ways that uh, firms and banks try to hide the fees is in the exchange rate, what uh, people would call a spread. So if you were to go and say you want to move $1,000 to euros today, usually people would go and look up what is the value of the dollar to the euro on Google. And if you look, at the, look that up, and then you go and try to move the same amount of money through your bank, you would come back a little dissatisfied because you would not get the same exchange rate you would see in Google. What TransferWise does is like tries to solve that problem. And uh, that basically breaks the market more competitive and also brings a very fair service to the customers who want to move money abroad. So TransferWise then uses the same exact exchange rate that I'll find anywhere, like you said, like on Google? Yes. So we would use the mid-market exchange rate that you would find on Google. Yes. Got it. And it's funny because most people, as you know, Harsh, they don't even check that, right? I, I see the fact that there's no fee for my exchange and I think the exchange is free. Yeah. So a lot of people do not expect or realize that uh, they are being charged these fees in the exchange rate. Can I also, now TransferWise is usually used for people transferring money to accounts abroad or, or to people that they know abroad, but can I also use TransferWise if I'm going to, let's say that I want to transfer money to Euro so that I can go on vacation? Yes. So let's take a scenario. Suppose you want to go on vacation to Paris. The way TransferWise works, works right now is that it lets you move money between accounts. So you need to have a destination recipient account where you would uh, be able to receive the money into. Let's say you have a friend in Paris who you basically want to send a thousand dollars to so that they can give you money when you arrive there. And what you would do is you would pay into our local bank account in the US, thousand dollars, and we would show you clearly what the exchange rate would be and what our fees would be, which is usually around 0.5 to 1% as compared to what banks would charge through the hidden fees and their regular fees around seven to eight percent. Yeah, that's so you would see that, see that amount, and then you basically once the money shows up in our local bank account in the U.S., we turn around and push money to your recipient account in Paris in euros. And that's how we avoid moving money across borders and avoid all the fees. Gotcha. And this might be the easiest interview I've ever done because I'm imagining it's, it's just simply that easy. How does it work, Harsh? What do I do? I head to TransferWise.com? Yes. Go to TransferWise.com or you can download our mobile app on the App Store and the Android Store. Okay. And, th and then when I get there, how does it work? So you basically get on there. The first thing you will uh, see is we'll ask you how much money you want to move on what kind of money you want to move. So do you want to move dollars? Do you want to move pounds? And what destination currency you want to move it to? You will clearly see what is the exchange rate that you get, you're getting and what you are uh, going to be charged. And then you provide us your uh, sender information. So your information. Then you provide us the destination bank account details. And that's it. And you authorize using your bank account or you can do if you're in the U.S., you can do what we call microtransactions or penny deposit, penny testing, so that we can pull money from your, uh, from your account in the U.S. And once we receive the money, the money will usually show up in the destination account same day or the next day. Got it. it. Yeah, so, so it, it isn't instantaneous. No, it's not instantaneous. It depends on which route we are working. So, for example, we do have almost instantaneous payments between U.K. and Europe. 
That's why we started and we've been optimizing that route a lot. So we can move, we're the first company that integrated into UK's uh, real-time banking system called FPS. And we basically allow uh, you to move money from Europe to uh, UK in 20 seconds. Wow. Uh, but uh, in the US, because we are working at the speed of the local banking system, that tends to be a little bit of a delay. But usually people, most people get their money within the same day, depending on when they start the transfer and send us the funds. I would imagine sending money internationally there, you know, is the opportunity then for fraud and things like that. How do you keep people's money safe? Yeah, so we have sophisticated uh, machine learning algorithms and also a very, very strong fraud team that looks at different patterns of transfers and like, you know, where are you sending money to, what kind of transactions you're doing, and we monitor a lot of this through our backend. Also, we use bank grade encryption and security to make sure like people cannot access your account or do a transaction on your behalf. So that's the two ways we make sure that our systems are, uh, are catching all transactions which look a little funny, different, weird. If you're trying to do a transaction, let's say you do a transaction usually from US to uh, France. And then suddenly we start seeing transactions going from US to you know, some part in Asia or say Middle East or in Africa, we'll at least flag that in our system for somebody to actually look at it and look at the transactions and understand why would this user do a different kind of route when they usually do one, one kind of route. That's one idea I can share. Um, of course, a lot of our algorithms are private. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to tell everybody everything that you're doing to, to yeah. prevent fraud. I, I wanted to ask because a lot of people think about, of course, think about what we talked about vacations or or people abroad, family members, things like that. That's why they transfer money. Uh, maybe they're they're working with people, though, which is what I wanted to ask about, which is people don't think about the business aspect of this. You guys have a system called Borderless, which businesses use. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we launched Borderless as a new product a few weeks ago. And what it allows you to do is hold currencies uh, 15 different currencies in the TransferWise account. And it also allows you to get paid and pay out locally as if you were transacting in these countries. So if you sign up for Borderless, you can get a account which looks like a complete bank account in US, in Europe, and in UK. So this is very, very cool for businesses. Um, if you think about businesses who do cross-border transactions, they buy inventory, they provide services across borders, you could be a freelancer in the US and you could be providing a service in, uh, say, Europe. And usually when you want to get paid, if you send an invoice with your US routing number and account number, the person or your person who's paying you in Europe would not be as comfortable or understand how this would work like because they, they talk uh, in IBANs. That's what the... Uh, specification for a bank account number is in Europe. So with TransferWise borderless account, you can basically get an IBAN. So now when you put that on your invoice, the person who's paying you knows how to use an IBAN. They just go to their own regular bank and they basically punch in the IBAN and you will receive funds in euros and you can hold those funds in euros. The other advantage is, let's say next month you want to pay somebody in euros. Now you can use that stored value in euros in TransferWise and pay locally in your destination to your destination supplier. That way, every time money is moving borders, you're not losing money in fees. Right. I was going to ask about that. Is there an additional fee then for that type of an account? There's no fee. It's a free account, to, free to set up, and uh, it's one click to get started. We just charge you when you convert, just like in TransferWise, uh, you would always see a transparent fees whenever you convert between currencies. If you did decide to receive euros and then convert those euros into, uh, say, dollars, then you would be charged the conversion fee that you would get in general. 
but to hold that value and to hold the account, there is no no fees. So what's next for you guys? Anything on the docket that you've, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Borderless is brand new, so you're probably still thinking a lot about that. But what's on the docket for you guys coming up? Yeah, we continue to iterate and listen to our customers and build stuff that they tell us that they want. Um, Borderless was something that we kept hearing our business customers wanted. We are also looking to launch in the next few months a card on top of this Borderless account so that it would be easier for you to then use that uh, card and access the stored value you have, say, in euros or pounds, in Hong Kong dollar, in USD, uh, and also use it when you travel. So that's going to make the borderless account more full-fledged. And also, we continue to expand our currency coverage. So having more and more coverage globally and serving more customers around the world is uh, definitely the stuff that we're uh, pushing for more. Awesome. The site is uh, TransferWise, or you can download the app at the uh, Apple App Store or on uh, Google Play. Is that is that where you find it? Yes. Awesome. Uh, Harsina, thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much, Joe. Have a nice day. Once again, big thanks to Harsh, and uh, we'll have a link to TransferWise in our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. All right, let's get back to this, shall we? Vishana Lovelace, our special guest. And somebody who's amazing radio, along with other people that are amazing radio, Greg McFarland from Control Your Cash and Paula Pant from Afford Anything. Well, let's hit our third article here, which uh, comes to us from Yahoo Finance. An Amazon engineer, it seems, is letting thousands of Twitch users play the stock market with 50000 of his own money. For those of you that don't know what Twitch is, it is a, a, a video game streaming uh, service. And so he's got uh, a bunch of people, it seems, Paula, who he's given them $50,000 and people get to vote on how they actually invest that money. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I love the concept of this. This is a crowdsource some investing decisions. And, and as long as this is just kind of throwaway money for him, which it sounds like it is, I love the social experiment of watching this and seeing how it's going. Okay, so we got to ask you guys then, You've got 50000 bucks of somebody else's money to play with. What, what do you invest in? Vashana, we'll, we'll ask you first. Okay, so I've already thought about this. I've Actually, me and my financial advisor have been going back and forth about it because I came into some extra money, and I'm trying to buy stock in Disneyland Paris. Oh. And the, and the reason why I'm trying to buy stock and the reason why we're arguing about it is because right now it's selling for two euros a share. I was going to say, and, your advisor hates that, has to hate well, it. Yeah, he wants he he said he doesn't advise buying anything below nineteen dollars a share, but but the reason why the reason why I'm trying I'm I'm looking at Disneyland Paris is because okay so Disneyland Paris is not really a huge success. However, Disney just bought Star Wars, and so you know they're building Star Wars up in all their parks. And if they take if they take Star Wars to Paris, it's going to be a total game changer. And I and and I will just. I'll be living hand over fist, breaking in the dough. So, yes, Disneyland Paris is where it's at. I'll go on record, Vashana, and say that I think buying Disneyland Paris is a dumpster fire. (laughs) 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 But right now, it sounds that way. But I'm telling you, as soon as they take Star Wars and they build up Star Wars in Disneyland Paris, it's over. Greg McFarlane, give me something better than that. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, Euro Disney, ECA, did lose a ton of money last year, last quarter. So, I mean, the stock is cheap. 
Oh, by the way, thank you for explaining what Twitch is because I read the article and still wasn't sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg and I'm 85 years old. Uh, <laughs> if I was buying stocks for someone I don't like, I'd probably load up on something like GlaxoSmithKline, which is trading at 50 times earnings and hasn't really gained or lost money in the last decade. But if I had to pick, I am not a professional stock advisor. If I had to pick something uh, for the next six months to hold on to, I would buy Verizon temporarily wounded because everybody seems oh. to think that their purchase of Yahoo is a bad idea, but the cash flow is there and the debt load is manageable. It's interesting because you didn't like Verizon on their own and now you like Verizon. Now you, excuse me, you didn't like Yahoo on their own, but you like, uh, you like Verizon with Yahoo under it. They're buying the good parts and casting away the rest. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think I like that one better, Vishana. I apologize. <laughs> But but I think I like you Greg's. just can't you can't see what I see. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. They got tons of debt. They just have uh, Disneyland Paris has so much debt. Uh, Paula, what do you think? Marathon oil. Marathon. Why marathon oil? Well, oil stocks in general have gotten beaten up over the last several years, and right now, Marathon in particular, Marathon and Conoco Phillips both. They're trading near their 52-week lows. I think they've got good long-term prospects. Uh, you know, it. if I was buying the stock for the sake of this has to pop and do really well in the next three months, I don't know what I would get. But if I was buying a stock for the sake of, hey, this is going to do well over the long term, yeah, I think I think one of the very stable oil companies like Marathon, Marathon's the one that I've been watching most closely. Yeah, I think those would be the, uh, the route. Greg, what do you think of that analysis? Well, Marathon Oil is currently trading at $13. Euro Disney is trading at $2. Verizon is $46.64. Why don't we meet back here in three months and see who went up the highest? That's a great idea. That sounds like a plan. I'm telling you, I'm going to have the last laugh. Vishana's got the most upside. She's also got the uh, narrowest downside. So, so, <laughs> so wait a minute. We got $46.64, 2 bucks, and uh, what was Marathon? Uh, 13. 13 Yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's that's such a great idea. We're and it's two euros, so technically it's like $3.50. <laughs> Let's uh, put that on the calendar and we'll we'll regroup in three months and see what happens then. But on this deal on Twitch, and by the way, were you just kidding about Twitch that you don't know what it was and you're making fun of me again? No, I seriously had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either. I, so yeah, I, I didn't know what it was either. It. I thought that was Greg's way. I, 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 I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Paulo with Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Paul has to look it up again. But nobody can beat you when it comes to national park trivia. Mm, at least not on this panel. No, I'm not going after him on that one. Yeah, that's uh, all you. All right, all right. So here's here's the deal, though. Everybody gets a vote, and let's say you can't vote for your own of those three ideas, Vashana, not including your own, Greg's or Paula's. Which one do you like better? I think I'll go with oil. I don't think you can lose with oil. All right, uh, Greg, can't vote for your own. Which one do you go with? I would go with Marathon as well, just because Euro Disney, it's a, yeah, I mean, if, if it loses, if it loses one Euro, that's half its value. Yeah, Paula, how about you? All right, um, you know what? I'm just going to take, I'm going to roll the dice and take the Euro Disney gamble. <laughs> All right. Smart choice, Paula. I'm telling you, <laughs> Star Wars is going to be a game changer. All right, I'm going with Greg's then. I'm going with the Verizon. I like that idea. All right, I I think that's going to do it, uh, but but it looks like uh, Paula, nice job for the and and it, by the way, it's super funny to me that the person that rarely talks about individual stocks, the second I asked you that question, like you didn't even has you didn't breathe, <laughs> like I mean, marathon oil. <laughs> so confession, 
so I have the Robinhood app and I've got uh, like $3,000 in it. And that's split, not 50-50, but that $3,000 is split between only two individual stocks. One is Marathon Oil and the other is Tesla. Wow. Yeah. What a, what, what a revelation. Paula's got point oh oh whatever. I've got like, you know, a tiny fraction of a tiny fraction of my portfolio in individual stocks. Dun, dun, dun. Greg, isn't this the equivalent of Paula stepping up to the craps table? <laughs> you, you do realize there are like four casinos within 100 feet of her front door, right? I know. I know. But Paula's been in Vegas for how long? And you're starting to get into the spirit. No, right? It only took me two years of living in Vegas before I put a little bit of beer money into uh, an individual stock. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Vashana, do you use individual stocks at all? No, I'm straight mutual funds. I'm boring with my investments, yeah. but I am. I, I do want to get into some individual stocks and I'm going to you know, start with Euro Disney. So well, I'm going to call your advisor and tell him to keep saying no. <laughs> I agree with that person, that man or woman. All right. I think that's going to do it for today, everybody. Let's uh, talk about what's going on in your neighborhood. You were mentioning, Greg, earlier, we'll start with you. You were mentioning earlier this book, Control Your Cash, which is available on Amazon. Is that Len Penzo's favorite financial book? That is Len Penzo's favorite financial book. He says it is the best personal finance book he has ever read. He, he might have said it's the best personal finance book ever written, which would include books he hasn't read. <laughs> but either way, I am flattered by the compliment. I really I have to second that emotion. Not that it's the best, because as people here know, I'm partial to Rick Edelman's The Truth About Money. But I'll tell you, for me, it's definitely top three material. I can't think of a third. I think I like that one and I like yours. You know what? Yours is written with so much, uh, you know, uh, Betty co-wrote it with you, but it seems to be written with a lot of testosterone. Yeah, she's just the eye candy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, Paula, what's happening at that crazy Afford Anything podcast? On the Afford Anything podcast, we've aired an interview with Laura Roeder. She is 32 years old and runs a software company that makes $4 million in annual revenue. So if you want to hear about her journey from employee to freelancer to consultant to software CEO, you can tune in to listen to that interview. We've also got an episode in which I answer listener questions with you, Joe. So... If you want more of this Paula Joe dynamic, tune into the Afford Anything podcast. <laughs> yeah, and and what a dynamic it is! Uh, gratuitous, uh, gratuitous references to uh, uh, Burger King, to Burger King, to trash fires, to what else? What else have we? Uh, hot pockets. That's a hot pocket. I forgot about hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> How can anybody forget about hot pockets? <laughs> I know. What am I talking about? Vashana, <laughs> save us! What's going on in your life? Uh, well, I'm now officially on summer vacation, so I spent my I spent last week in Orlando, and this weekend I'll head down to Nashville. I'm actually got hired to work at the CMA Festival this year, so um, I'm going wow, down to cool. uh, to do that. That's so, so I'm excited. That is so cool. How did you get that gig? Actually, I'm involved with CMA.edu at school. It's a it's like a little campus club, and so whenever they have the CMA Fest every year, they open it up to um, members to um, volunteer to uh, work. So I'm actually going to be on the fun team. So I'll be running around passing out free stuff to people. That's so cool. Well, thanks a ton for joining us tonight. This was a blast. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I hope to get invited back again. Absolutely. Well, three months from now, you got to come back so we can see who won <laughs> this thing. Absolutely. All right, guys. Keep watching. Yeah. Thanks for playing. Uh, 
Oh, that's going to do it for today. And we're going to talk a little bit about this game that has gone on longer than I thought that it would have, frankly. I thought somebody was going to get it last week. Nobody got it last week, so you're still alive. And I also want to talk about what's going on here in the basement and what's going to happen next week on the show. But first, I want to say thanks to everybody who's used our Amazon link, because if you're looking for a way to help out the show, it's just a few extra keystrokes. When you go to Amazon, you get the same great deals, but you put in stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Amazon. That'll take you to Amazon and bam, they send us a thank you for recommending you. How easy is that? Thanks to everybody who's done that so far. And uh, I'm actually getting notes each week now from people saying that they've uh, helped the show that way. So thank you very much. Let's not beleaguer that point. Beleaguer. How about that for a word? Let's instead talk about this game. So every Friday on the show, I play a game because my partner OG isn't here with me. And we've been playing a game since the second week of this eight week stretch of shows. And that eight weeks started back in April. So the first game was actually May 12th. And since May 12th, we have been playing now for six weeks. And so there have been six clues. And here's where you'll find the clues to our game, either in the show description or the title of the show, or maybe the first couple sentences of what I say during each episode. Somewhere in there, you're going to find a clue, something that doesn't seem to fit exactly right. And when you find that, go look in every Friday for that same spot and you'll find another clue. Put those clues together. You're going to then have a bunch of clues that will lead you on to what my little game is. Solve the riddle and then uh, send me the answer, joe at stackybedjamins.com. And if you get in within the first 24 hours of the first person, you're going to be put in a hat to see who's going to win a prize package I put together specifically for you. I can't believe nobody got it last week. Two weeks ago, I had tons of guesses. I had tons. Last week, had only a trickle of guesses. So I think people are confused. And I got to tell you, people from a couple weeks ago, you're on it. Like you are on it. You're just not quite there. So let's see if we get somebody today. Speaking of today, that ends this week's shows and we're on to next week's. Let's talk about what's going on next week on the show, shall we? A couple of years ago, one of our best interviews with a guy named Gene Natale. And Gene is a guy who loves financial literacy. He wrote a book called The Missing Semester, which won all kinds of awards about getting kids interested. And he now reached back out to me. He said, Joe, I think I picked the lock on getting kids interested in money, and it's not what you think. And I immediately said, well, we got to talk about what it actually is. So Gene Natale coming down to the basement about getting kids. And I got to tell you, he told me what it was, and it won't just get kids interested. It'll get you interested in money because it turns out what we thought or what gene thought and what most people think you should be talking to kids about money about or about your friends that don't like talking about money or internally talking to yourself there's a whole different way to talk about that and gene's gonna be here on monday to go over that then next wednesday people struggle with this idea of putting together a financial plan they really struggle i'll tell you that a lot of times when i was a financial planner we'd start talking about putting together a plan it just seems like work like, oh, really? We got to do all this stuff? Well, Greg Powell, I think, has picked the lock on that. And he talks about creating your financial house. And you put these rooms in the house, and what rooms you have depends on your family, just like a financial plan depends on your goals. And I love the analogy. And he's going to dig in because he talks about financial planning way differently than people that, uh, that I've heard talk about it before. Talks about it a lot, actually, like our friend Roger Whitney 
over at the Retirement Answer Man. Not exactly the same, but if you like uh, what Roger does, the Retirement Answer Man podcast, uh, Greg Powell is singing off a very similar song sheet. And then next Friday, we've got the big three, Len, Paula, Greg, as our contributors. And we talk to... Patrick Ambrom from Brand Yourself. You know, a lot of people listening to this show are either maybe just getting out of college, looking for a new job, or they maybe you have kids. They're just getting out of college, looking for a job. And guess where employers look first? They look at your online stuff. And uh, Patrick's company, if you've got some online stuff, they'll take a look at your online things and they'll help you clean it up. So he's going to give us some ideas. And he's also going to talk about uh, Brand Yourself on our fintech segment. That's an area we haven't covered either, much like TransferWise this week. Speaking of that, thanks again to Harsh for coming down to the basement. Let's all go out and stack some Benjamins this week, huh? We'll see you next week, back here on the show. Special thanks to Vishana Lovelace for joining us. Also, thanks to Harsh Sinha from TransferWise. You'll find out more about TransferWise from our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. And a big thank you to anyone with information about any kids that may or may not be mine this Father's Day weekend. I'd say they probably aren't mine, unless the kids know how to pick up a great tie as a gift, generally likes to leave dad alone, and would enjoy watching wrestling with Greg McFarlane and I. If you fit that description and bear an uncanny resemblance to me, call old Doug on the Stacking Benjamins hotline, and maybe we'll negotiate. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Join us on Monday when we bring author of The Missing Semester, Gene Natale, down to the basement to discuss the number one way he's found to get high school and college kids fired up about financial education. still doing here the show is over go home well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that i want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law eric who is such a giving person eric will do just anything for you and as a marine you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community gives to his family and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees 
are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy federal website, resources like best cities after service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.